Hi, dreamers. This is Lucy, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Made Expats with Lucy Jan, where I interview expats from all across the globe to share their inspiring and motivating stories. Today, I'm here with Shelley Pasquale, a senior communications specialist at Siemens Helsingers in Germany. She also is a journalist at heart with over a decade of international work experience at startups and corporations. And she was once a reporter at the local in Germany, and I find it super cool. Shelly moved to Germany in 2012 from Canada, where she was born and raised. So it's been almost 10 years since she moved to Germany. So in today's interview, we're going to talk about her expat journey in Germany, her passion for journalism, and so many more. So I'm super excited. Welcome to the show, Shelly. So great to have you here today. Oh my gosh, Lucy, that is, makes me feel so special. Like, thank you so much for such an amazing introduction. I'm, I'm blushing. No one can see, but I am blushing. I see. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Of course, thank you. So I do have a lot of questions for you, but uh, I want to start our conversation with your amazing blog post. So I was so fascinated after reading it. I mean, indeed, you're such a great writer, by the way. I mean, I was so captivated when when I was reading your blog post. So um, one of your blog posts, like Life Lessons at 35, I believe the life lessons that you learned at 35. And one of the lessons that you wrote there was just because you were born in a certain country doesn't mean you were meant to stay there forever. I mean, I, I resonate with this so much. So I was wondering um, if you always dreamed of living abroad. And if so, why? And why did you decide to move to Germany from Canada? I mean, Canada is an amazing country where, including me, a lot of people want to move to. So I'm, I'm just curious about whole your journey. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's a big and long story, but I will, you know, try to summarize as much as possible. I mean, no, the answer straight up is no, I did not always dream about living abroad. And it's only something that really came to me as a possible idea once I started exploring and traveling the world a lot more. And that was kind of in my early 20s. So just over 10, maybe 10, 15 years ago now, um, it all started when I left Canada altogether. And that was in 2010, when I booked a one-way ticket to Australia. And with that, I had planned to do a one-year travel, work and travel visa, um, which I did, explored, you know, had no real plans really I had no clue if I would return to Canada or not at that point and um, through that trip I really met someone special who turned out to be my now husband oh my gosh <laughs> um, so that's <laughs> I know I know <laughs> I, love I mean it. The, the funny thing is so many people I'm still in touch with some of those people I met in Australia who were other backpackers too at the time and it's great how some of them really did meet their, you know, love of their life there. And now they're living somewhere else in the world and, you know, kind of like me left their home country to to be with their partners. So it changed my life like I never knew it would. Um, and so that's kind of what brought me to Germany, which is one small reason why. Wow. Um, but but I still really, you know, whether it's a partner, whether it's a career opportunity, 
or any other reason, I still think that whole notion of like, you know, it's it's more the norm to stay where you were born, right? I mm. think, let's say, if I think of my friends, um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I do question, like, how else would you know whether a place is, is meant for you unless you consciously go out there, explore, and see what's meant for you, right? I think deep down when I left, I think I was 22 when I left um, Canada, deep down, I knew something didn't settle with me. You know, I love Toronto, my Heimatstadt in German, we would say, which is like my, my hometown. But at the same time, something was nagging at me that I just didn't feel mm. right there. Um, I wasn't getting any jobs and also like, ah, I can't explain it. Like, it just didn't feel like the culture mm. was meant for me. And so now I do feel very much at home in, in Europe. So I question whether, you know, this is where I'm meant to be. But I'm also open to that changing. You know, maybe I am mm. meant for... Southeast Asia, which would be a dream to to live there one day as well. So hopefully wow. that answers the question <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a <absolutely>. roundabout way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I, I agree with you. I think like each country has kind of its own kind of even like character and soul per se. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's not like, you know, I don't like my home country where I don't like living there it's not just about that it's just like we feel that you know at least I feel that you know maybe maybe there's another place out there that is more suitable for me where I can be maybe happier I guess yeah yeah definitely definitely I mean uh, uh let's say a small example of what I always bring up is, um, you know, growing up in North America, it's very suburban, you need a car to get around, and uh, much to like, (laughs) you know, my parents are done with hearing me say this multiple times. (laughs) It's so true, like, every time I go back and visit, I get so, I'll be honest, it's a bit frustrating, you know, that you have to rent a car, where I feel like in Germany, the transport is is Mm. so amazing. I love the freedom of hopping on my bike, um, and I think, you know, if I if I really look back at why that's such a big deal to me is because then I, I picture back when I did my bachelor's in Toronto, I commuted three hours each day, an hour and a half one way, an hour and a half back just to go take my uni classes. Oh, my God. And it like drained the hell out of me, you know, like this is just one example of how I came to really despise this suburban life and I don't hate on anyone who chooses that. I just realized when I saw the freedom I got in Europe, it's just so much better for my soul, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's hard for me to explain, but really, you know, I don't want to offend anyone there. It's just my preference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like everyone is different. Maybe like, you know, for some people, that's, that's you know, the best for them, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with, you know, absolutely nothing wrong with it, right? Everyone's different. So uh yeah, I, I love your answer. So um, then I'm cu- yeah, like I'm curious, what do you like the most about Germany? And also, well, you you lived in Australia first, and then you moved to Germany with your, I guess, like partner, boyfriend at the time. Now your your husband. So I guess like you were, I assume you were kind of you didn't really have friends in Germany, but him, right? Then. I mean, like, what what were some challenges that you 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 had at first? 
Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh my god, a lot. And I'm the sure, crazy yeah. thing, there's still the same challenges today. You know, like some things got a little bit easier, but um, I mean, in the very beginning, of course, that the language was the biggest barrier, right? So I hadn't ever learned German, and I was monolingual, so to kind of, so to say. I understand Filipino as well, which is my parents' native language. Unfortunately, I can't speak it. So prior to living in Germany, I, I would consider myself just an English speaker. And then it was like, okay, I met my um, then partner's uh, parents and now my in-laws, they don't speak any English. So it was like, okay, if I really want to be with this guy, I'm going to have to <laughs> learn his family's language, right? And that wasn't the only motivator. But but still, like, I realized living in a smaller city in Germany at the time, it was kind of like you couldn't get by without German. So I pushed myself to, to learn, and, and I wasn't in any kind of rush, which was good. So I kind of learned on my own, so to say. I didn't take any courses, but I just read a lot of children's books and watched a lot of German movies. And, um, and I was able to pick out the language within a year, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that's still an ongoing struggle because, to be honest, my, my German is not even where I want it to be. It's still, I can get by and I've made friends using, like, with this level, but... I would feel very uncomfortable to make at work a presentation in German. Mm -hmm. Um, And I haven't needed to, luckily, because all the jobs I've had in Germany, I mean, the main language I've needed is English. And of course, German was always kind of uh, a a nice to have, so to say. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I've lucked out there. I've lucked out there. But I mean, another challenge, too, that would also take ages to explain a bit more and get into would be like the making friends topic. Um, I still talk about this all the time (laughs) with people I know because it's literally um, an ongoing struggle. Yeah, yeah. Especially for me, like I've, I've moved around so many times, even within Germany. So I know I haven't been doing myself any favors in that regard because I haven't been able to establish like really deep-rooted friendships and the people I tend to um, you know connect with best are also internationals and they're mm-hmm. constantly on the move too you know so friends are always kind of on the go and mm-hmm. so I've kind of I'll, although it's been hard I've accepted it you know like this is the lifestyle I choose so I know I have to you know mm-hmm. be okay with it uh, and I'm sure you you have definitely felt that <laughs> as well yeah right? like the friendships yeah. thing Absolutely. Like when it comes to like making friends, I remember like when I first moved to like the Singapore is the first country that I lived for a longer period of, t- period of time. And well, I had a friend there, so she really definitely helped me to kind of like make her friends to be mine. But like, I mean, like, yeah, even like international kind of friends when I when I get to really, you know, closer to them you know either me leaving the country or they leave the country and same goes to other countries that I live there as well so yeah I mean making friends is uh I kind of, I think it's an ongoing struggle I think like as as I get older it becomes more difficult as well definitely yeah <laughs> because then we get more picky with who we want I to know. really yeah. you know like That's, not to sound harsh but I know and it's it's a random topic because like uh you know I because you mentioned that you you met your partner in Australia, I guess like you were at a very young age, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then now like even making friends is very difficult. But like 
meeting a partner is even <laughs> more difficult when we get older because you know it's it's good that we know what we want but like we become pickier and stuff like that so i mean yeah so whenever i hear like you know people who met their partners at an early age it's such a great love story and move to you know partner's country to be with him and this kind of story i'm like oh, wow this is like the best thing that can happen in your life honestly having a great partner and yeah, this story. It's just uh, so beautiful and amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although it's not always so rosy. Of course, time, of course. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ongoing, you know, ongoing learnings for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Um, and then I actually do have one more, one more question regarding your uh, blog post. Because like, okay, by the way, uh, I'm gonna link your blog post if you allow sure. me to. I mean, that your blog post is really amazing, and uh, she's such a good writer. Um, and the one thing that I uh, that I saw there was keep it real with yourself. Like one of your life lessons there, like keep it real with yourself. Have the courage to stay true to your values. I mean, this really again resonated with me as well um, because, like, I think it's easier said than done, at least for me. So, did you always have this kind of courage? or, you know, learn over a period of time? Definitely. So answer again, no, no, I definitely <laughs> did not always have that courage up until even just a few years ago, I would say. And I'm still working on that. But this is a good one because it's, it's a quite personal one for me where only now after 10 years in Germany, I'm really reflecting back on everything I've been through and how it really has changed me, you know, and, and shaped me into who I am. Uh, into who I am and, and I've realized you know as you change learn and grow maybe that's a different person from maybe how for example how your family see you because mm -hmm. the last time you literally lived with them was when you were still in your early 20s and, and they might still remember you as that person and so I, I've come to see maybe you know the challenge of, of dealing with that so to say and the challenge of not seeing them in person as often as I'd love to um but just back to the values thing, what I've learned through you know, trials and tribulations, I mean, I'll just throw in there that I have been kicked out of Germany once before oh. um, due, due to visa issues, but uh, hopefully no government officials are listening. No. But got through, <laughs> got through that, um, you know, with going through these extreme highs and lows, um, it really has, you know, made me and forced me to be resilient there. Um and force me to question what do I truly believe in, what's important to me, and what what are my views, you know? And and I've realized I've maybe changed some of my views compared to when I was younger. And, you know, maybe that's not what others expect of me anymore, I've realized too. Hmm. And, and yeah, that's tricky. That's really tricky because then these are people you really care about. Um, and reaching this understanding together still, you know, as who you are today. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like your answer because this is something that I've been thinking a lot as well, like, because I feel that, oh, like, because, like, as we grow and as we experience different things and as we are exposed to different environments, I feel that we are also evolving and changing, right? But then like our old friends or, you know, family or older friends who 
knew us for a longer period of time, they, as you said, they expect different kind of like older version of me, right? But then like these days I'm thinking, huh, is it like, is it, is it uh, that maybe now who I am is the real me? Maybe I was trying to accommodate what people expected me to be just because the society or I don't know that, that has been stuck with me these days actually so uh yeah glad we were able to talk about this <laughs> interesting I mean that is a fascinating point and if you realize that is the case like yeah I mean hmm. it's I guess it's powerful just knowing that and see what you want to do with that you know, from mm. that realization. I mean, what comes to mind for me too is we're not fixed people, right? Mm. Like even my values now today could change tomorrow if, if something, who knows what could happen from today and tomorrow. But, and, and that should be okay and understood, right? Because mm. we're not fixed people. We're capable of learning and changing our minds. Um, and one thing I also mentioned, I think in one of my recent articles was like, um, Germany has really rubbed off on me in terms of their open culture. Um, so I think internationally, everyone knows Germans, at least let's say business world too, are, are quite more direct and other cultures mm -hmm. can find it a bit off-putting, right? Yeah. And so even though I'm not the most direct person, I what has rubbed off on me is this openness, right? To, you know, if I say something, state my opinion and it's not meant to offend in any mm -hmm. way. And that ties back to me keeping it real with myself because I would not have kept it real with myself if I had kept it in, you know, mm. part of a huge, like my gut told me to, to be open there and say it, you know? Mm. So this was something definitely five, 10 years ago, I would have hugely struggled with. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah that's a, yeah, that's a good one that you make me uh, think. About <laughs> I'm gonna, you I'm too, gonna... <laughs> Lucy. You too. Likewise, really. <laughs> this is great. This is great. <laughs> okay. So now I want to talk more about your journalism, you know, career. Uh, you studied journalism and you were a journalist in Germany. So you were, I told, I told everyone, like a re reporter at the local in Germany, which is super cool. So I was, I'm wondering how was it being a journalist in a foreign country, like in Germany, and why are you so passionate about journalism? So it's, it's kind of an interesting question, right? Because, well, I have to give a bit of the background context. Mm -hmm. So I had already worked professionally in Germany for a few years before then deciding to do my master's in journalism. And so I left Germany for a year to, to do my master's in the UK. And once I finished that, I actually applied for jobs all over the world. So Canada, Europe, even like some in China, Singapore, didn't get any traction from those applications in Asia and not really in Canada either. And mm. only really got interest from, I think there was one in the Netherlands. And of course, the one I eventually did get was that newsroom in Berlin. And that wasn't surprising because they knew I had already lived in Germany. Mm. Um, I had this experience of the knowledge of the politics and society. Whereas the applications in Canada really struggled because they're like, they were baffled that I didn't have any Canadian experience. Um, but so you were Canadian. Meant, I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. It did not add up for them. 
I got this feeling, you know, and I even wrote a piece then at the time, which really kind of, um, I didn't get viral, but a lot of other journalists got in touch with me, really just an opinion piece about like, hey, you know, I'm not getting any traction. Is it because I've been abroad, you know? So I had this kind of immigrant, so to say, experience of wow. not being able to find a job in my home Own country. Home country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then oh all these God. other layers of topics came up. Like other journalists were like, yeah, there's this culture in Canada where you need Canadian experience. And if you've studied elsewhere or even worked elsewhere, like it counts for nothing. And anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. So that's kind of how I wound up in Germany again after my studies. Um, and then, yeah, kind of launched my career, I would say, from there, from that Berlin newsroom and from, you know, doing these funny videos <laughs> that you mentioned I with the logo. I love that video. I love that video. Yeah. I mean, but it worked out pretty well, isn't it? Like, it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just FYI, that video, we could also kind of highlight here because it's from around this same time a few years ago. So if anyone wants to visit that um, oh. festival in Germany, it's, it's a Stuttgart festival that you have. Oh, it's happening right? now in summer. I, I believe so. It should be Ooh. happening around the same time as Oktoberfest. And that's where oh, I had yeah, done this. Oktoberfest. Yeah. Have you been there? In Germany? No, no, not <laughs> yet. Not yet. But hopefully that's the plan. This year it's I coming know. up in a few weeks. Oh now. my god, so cool. But it happens all the time. Like if I live in a in a country, even in Singapore, like <laughs> it's such a shame. Like there's a, a place where everyone goes. When you okay, when you travel to Singapore, this is like a place you need to go. I haven't been there. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like there. It's like this, yeah. it's like this, I think. Like when we leave there, it's like it's so, you know, yeah, we always I don't know. At least for me, yeah, I'm gonna go there next year, I'm gonna go there next year, and something happens, right? And then like we travel or whatever, then okay, next year, next year. And then, yeah, I mean yeah. like so my husband who's German, he has never been to Oktoberfest. Never. Yeah. And wow, he is yeah. German, you know? Yeah. And I think that's one of the first things I learned too when I moved here is that like I was just so naive. I just didn't know. So I thought the whole country celebrated Oktoberfest. I thought so too. No, 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 no. Only down south. You know, Bavarians oh <laughs> celebrate. Yeah. And so it's actually normal in Germany for people outside of Bavaria to not have really been. It's mm. just not in their culture. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. interesting mm-hmm. interesting wow and also <laughs> september octoberfest happens from the, usually the last two weeks of september so, oh it's not october no i think oh. this year it's, it ends the third of october this year <laughs> oh <okay. laughs> yeah i, I had no so idea <laughs> i know side note side note thanks so thanks for the has up definitely no helpful. problem <laughs> <laughs> all right And um, do you have any wisdom to share with, you know, anyone who want to become a journalist? And now you're working in communications, right? And journalism, like industry or in the communications field? Because I, you know, I studied journalism in the university, but then I thought like, I wasn't sure like, you know, if I can have this career in other countries, etc. So, and and I, I I think a lot of other people who studied journalism might feel that way. Um, any 
any wisdom to share because you work sure. in journal as a journalist and also in communications now in Germany. So yeah. Right. No, definitely. I mean, I would say really just go with with where your curiosity leads you with that. I feel like those who choose to do a journalism degree, you know, really love storytelling, you know. Mm. Um, it's very individual, whether they want to really work in a newsroom or move to communications. But of course, I would always be saying to, to be very open-minded, you know. I'm glad that I worked in a newsroom and had that experience because, to be honest, I realized maybe that fast-paced sort of like churning out articles was not actually for me, but I never would have known that had I mm. had that experience. Right. And also it was a dream of mine at one point to be a broadcast journalist on BBC or whatever. Um, but then as, as time went on, I was living in Berlin and I got curious about startups and found myself working at startups as like an editor there. And although it wasn't traditional media, Right. Um, I loved it. And and then this whole dream of becoming a broadcast journalist was just like, well, is that really my dream? Mm. So it kind of just changed as I went. And and now being in communications, I really love what I'm doing now because I can still apply a lot of these journalistic skills, you know. And so, you know, I feel like those things you only really know by by discovery and, and trying things mm. out, seeing what you like, making changes here and there. And also, I would say, hey, no shame. I, there used to be, I don't know if it still exists, this kind of shame of going to the dark side. So like <laughs> people who <laughs> I know, yeah, you got to laugh because yes. <laughs> going to the dark side, you have a journalism degree and you go to PR or communications. There is no shame in that at all. I mean, I still love writing and I do, you know, one-off passion pieces on the side. You can always go back to it as well in you know freelance let's say mm -hmm. articles and stuff so th there's no hard and fast rule and yeah and also too since we're going for a professional audience here yeah like, yes I mean well I I don't know the salaries of big media companies but I can definitely say as I was you know in the past few years looking for something a bit more stable in terms of income and I feel like you know in corporate communications well yeah starting family and stuff and thinking of these things I wasn't thinking about before it's different for everyone but you know it's a bit of a safer route for now for me wow such a great advice like really <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, is is someone from who's been there, done that, like you know, <laughs> everything. So now you can kind of like give your, you know, like really good, realistic advice, right? right. I was like nodding. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, and I'm super open because I know. I mean, I'm only 35, so I'm still a baby. I think compared to mm -hmm. people yes. who are way more experienced. So I'm super curious to hear you know what, what other people's experiences are and so I always find it important to share my own in hopes that it might you know give someone something else to think about and I'm always constantly trying to find out the stories of others too to see where that might take me as well I mean honestly your 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 advice is so valuable because I was thinking myself when I was 23, right? So if I, let's say if someone who is 23 years old, let's say, who studied journalism and whatever, and then dreaming of being a journalist, but, you know, because what I thought, like, I actually did have kind of this fixed mindset where, oh, 
journalism. I need to be a journalist, like super cool journalist. I have to handle, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Politics. I have to somehow like be in the be in the zone. You know, you know that kind of thing, like in TV and doing something like good for the country and good for the society. Doing something like matters matters in a way, right? But yeah, your advice was like if I heard your advice. That would have been so much helpful. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you on that. You know. I mean, it just brought to mind. I remember there was an election in Germany a few years ago, and I was on the ground as a reporter and like getting quotes and and I love that kind of high, you know.、Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this lifestyle、um, hustle was so fast paced, and I just didn't feel like it was earning what I deserved. Um, you know, and then okay, now we fast forward several years, and with what I'm doing now, I work at a med tech company, so I still feel like I'm making an impact in what I do, just in a different way. Yeah. You know?、um, and my mental health is in check, so that's <laughs> that's、uh, that's the most important thing. Yes. Yes. Right.、Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard, you know. You really are pros and cons to to all different types of jobs and careers, but you have to know what's best for you at that time. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> This is a great advice. Thank you, Shelley. <laughs> no problem. Yeah.、Um, okay. We have、uh, a last question for you. So I ask this question to every guest on my podcast. So, what's your favorite book that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Any book? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fiction fan, so I love.、Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, fiction, and I read a lot of novels and stuff. But in in this case, I would recommend, given the audience and stuff, one of my favorites is、um, "How I Built This" by Guy Raz. So he, as you know, I'm sure,、um, has had this podcast for many years, and the book just came, I think, a year or two ago. And I love it, and I'm rereading it right now. And it's a it's basically a sto- a book about. Entrepreneurial stories and how people built their businesses from the ground up,、um, and I think the first few chapters really, really resonated with me because it was kind of just like looking at what is an entrepreneur, right? And of course, you can still work at a big corporate and be an entrepreneur.、Mm. You don't necessarily have to have founded your own company. It's it's more a mindset and how you approach your life and the decisions you make.、Um, but still, I mean, for me, it, it really. Uh, means a lot because I I would love this one day for myself to really contribute in the best way I can to society by maybe one day you know building up my own company. But the thing with is I just haven't come across an idea I really really feel strongly about.、Um, so yeah, so that's why by reading these stories and also in my life just connecting with with entrepreneurs like you <laughs> and, and just being in touch with this world really makes me feel like close to it and. It's important for me to do that. So the book is great if you want some inspiration、uh, about entrepreneurship. Yeah! Wow! Thank you. Well, I definitely also am a fan of you know him. His podcast is amazing, but I have not read his book yet.、Oh, okay. So thank you for、okay. the recommendation. And、uh, I do see the entrepreneur kind of vibe from you. 
And uh, I wouldn't be surprised after maybe like two years or three years later, hey, Lucy, I, you know, founded this company. I'm like, yeah, I knew you you would do that. <laughs> I knew you would do that. So <laughs> I wouldn't I be surprised. Hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I'm cooking up ideas now. Like, hmm, what's a, an interesting problem worth solving, you know? Mm -hmm. um, just to share a few in my head with. Yes, like please. In, <laughs> they, they probably won't ever work out, but I don't know. Like you know, um, healthy food that you can get takeaway here in Germany is not a thing at all. Um, yeah, yeah, not compared to the U.S., for instance, or North America, where you can get a nice salad, healthy at a supermarket. Here, like you just get a soggy sandwich, or you have to go to a oh, restaurant yeah. or something. <laughs> so I mean, little things like that, just trying to think of what are problems that really need solving you know um yeah i mean that's that's cool like healthy like snack or healthy food right yeah essentially i mean but then it always goes back to ah oh, i just i don't care enough about the idea to really mm -hmm. pursue it you know work on it on the side and and see where it goes um so therefore i still need to just be out there to be active and, and seeing what other ideas yeah and uh and I, i'm glad that you're kind of like waiting for that the special one i think that that also matters too right so uh yeah i mean but uh i'm sure one day uh yeah uh, i'll see entrepreneur shally <laughs> let's see let's see that would be super cool definitely all right, Shelly, that's it for the interview today. Anything before we wrap up, anything that you'd like to share? Anything you'd like to mention? Oh, good question. Um, you know, I think we covered a lot in a very thorough way. Um, so I'd just like to thank you, Lucy. It was a pleasure. And as I already mentioned, I do feel like we have this great chemistry. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. It was great for me as well and fun um, to speak with you. Thank you for joining us this week. Hope you learned something new from this episode and now you are motivated and fired up to make your dream come true. Make sure to share with others who might need to listen to this podcast because this is something they needed to listen to to be inspired. We never know. Lastly, be sure to subscribe and follow Self-Made Express with Lucy John on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for being here.